episode of Views from the Summer House, our light-hearted look at adventures in Cornwall for women and possibly men no longer held back by work. We've called this episode Watching Birds in Winter. Well, my name is Anne and here we are still banned from our summer house, so again attempting to record our podcast on Zoom. My neighbours, Tiggy and Susie, are sitting in their comfortable houses around the farmyard here, just outside Liscard. And for this episode, we're joined by Jane, who lives down the road on the coast, and so has the benefit of seeing slightly different sorts of birds. Welcome, Jane. And then Pete, our production engineer, is with us remotely too in Scotland. So this week we are chatting about a wonderful activity for winters in Cornwall, or for that matter anywhere in the UK, watching our garden and our countryside birds. And of course it's, it's extra easy to do um, now that we're in lockdown again. But you might ask, is there anything special to see in winter? How on earth do you identify those little brown jobs? Do you need special equipment to see them? And surely all we're going to see at this time of year is blackbirds, robins and the seagulls, the ones that eat our chips. Can I really expect to see anything more exciting? But first, before we go into our main topic, let me ask Susie, Tiggy and Jane, what have you been doing, been doing this last week, given that our activities are still very restricted? Susie. Hello. So, um, well, apart from going on endless walks, which I do enjoy still, so that's no problem for me, and trying to get out in the garden in, be- in between the rain showers, um, quite a bit of my time seems to have been taken up with homeschooling, or <laughs> I don't know if you'd even call it homeschooling, but I'm, um, I seem to spend a lot of time now that we have our daughter and grandson living with us at the moment. Um trying to encourage our um, nearly 10-year-old grandson that school is important. But um, the first week was a bit tough, but this last week, actually, I think we turned a corner and the school has been amazing in that um, probably like schools all over the country, I guess, but they are providing online learning with the teacher for, and, and they actually have a timetable that they have to keep to. So, um, they start with Joe Wicks at nine in the morning, which my daughter, my daughter does with him, not I watch, <laughs> and um, carries on till about 2, 2.30 in the afternoon with lessons. So actually, it's, um, it's really good. And uh, he seems to be enjoying having a routine again, which is great. So mm, that's been yeah, a... I can understand. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody likes some sort of routine, really, don't we? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> walking, schooling... And um, actually, a lot of food with extra people in the house. You don't realise how much food everyone eats. That's me. How about you, Tiggy? Um, Well, as you know, I'm required by the government to shield. So my um, day-to-day routine has literally come to a standstill because I'm not comfortable having any contact with anybody um, I don't mind coming on to Zoom. That's fine. So I just spend my days just being on my own, which I don't mind in the slightest. And being a telly addict, I watch a lot of telly. I read books. 
But I have been baking and I've made some bread oh. and I made a, a delicious <laughs> cake again the other day. I've been cooking. So, Great. you know, it's it's not the end of the world. And I have to keep my spirits up mm. because this is a very serious situation now. Yeah, yeah. of course. Have, like you, made, Jane. have you made any artichoke soup, Tiggy? That's what I want to yes, know. Yes, of course. <laughs> I've made loads of it and I'm absolutely addicted to it. It is so good, isn't it? It is. We had some for lunch. <laughs> uh, so did I. So did I. <laughs> what about you, Jane? Well, I too have been uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to India earlier in the year, just just before lockdown, we got back. And so Jem and I are now both addicted to uh, Indian cooking. Mm. So I've been making lots of curries and things. Um, also made some artichoke soup because Tiggy, I have to say, did share some artichokes with me. I know. Lovely. Um, I'm a as you all know, sort of T- Tiggy and I are um, actually in the same support bubble because she's uh, my husband's cousin. So we do occasionally see each other, although we haven't for the no. last 10 days or more. Mm. No. Um, and I also am able to walk. I'm very lucky because I now live um, down by the coast and uh, our beach is just fantastic. It's very, very varied. A lot of people don't like it because it's pebbles and it's stones and then there's a bit of very rough gritty sand and lots and lots of rocks and things but it's great for everybody else and it's fantastic for walking the dog Mm. so um so i've been doing that as much as i can um and then we actually are in a support bubble with um with uh, our daughter and son-in-law who have three children they have twin boys of nearly three and uh, and a daughter of five, nearly, um, and they decided uh, when this this lockdown started that they were not going to send their children to school, although a nursery, although they actually could have done because they both do work for the uh, for the NHS. So anyway, they have decided that they they can't they can't send them. This local school down here is absolutely wonderful, but there are an awful lot of our neighbours here who work um, at uh, one of our major hospitals in, in Devon. Um, and so they're just not, as the children are so little, it's just not worth no. uh, risking for, for the sake of, you know, an awful lot of play. So, um, so we go and do that two days a week. Um, but they so are just over the road, so it's, oh, it's they're not a, 20, yeah. they're literally 20 yards mm. up the road. Um, Living in my old, our old house, actually, they bought <laughs> our house from us because we are about to move even closer to the sea into a flat. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about when we do talk later about our birdies. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Lovely. Can't wait, Jane. Thank you. Well, so my, my week <laughs> sounds like it's been just like everyone else's, really. <laughs> Uh, because we too, um, for lockdown, have our have a daughter and a grand and a grandchild and a dog living um, living with us. So that has introduced me to walking. I'm not a great fan of walking. It's too much like hard work normally. Um, but it was because of that. Because each day we have to go out at least once with the dog and at least once with um, with the baby in the pram that I've started to see these birds in winter, which I hadn't really noticed before. So 
So I think I don't need to say anything more about that. I think now on to our main topic this week, watching birds in winter. So, probably in common with most people, I've always thought that there are only a few bird species we would see in our gardens or in our local fields or even at the seaside at this time of year. However, because I've been forced to take these extra walks with Seamus, might as well tell everyone the name of the dog, and with my baby grandson who's called Rory, um, I've begun to notice, even in the last week, with the dreadful weather at times, some really lovely little surprises. For instance, there was a whole flock of red wings who landed in the orchard. These are birds um, a little bit smaller than um, our song thrushes, I suppose. A little bit, well, a little bit smaller certainly than the missile thrushes, or about starling size. Um, but under their wings, you will see a patch of red. I think they come to us this time of year from Copenhagen, but other people might be able to correct me um, on that. They particularly love fields where horses have been grazing, and I think they um, are pecking at bits of, you know, where the bits of poo have been not not fully picked up. I think that's what they what they like. Um, I was standing just outside the back door, just holding um, baby Rory, uh, just because he's fascinated with the leaves and the trees. And a little gold crest came flitting past. And the gold crest is actually our smallest bird um, in England. So it's a little brownie, grey, green job, but tiny, tiny, even smaller than a wren, but with a little, a little gold um, crest on his head. So absolutely a little, a little treasure. And then when we were walking Seamus across some fields nearby, actually Jane, um, through Trawagi, um, through the footpath across um, to Trawagi, near where, where you used to live. Um, and then suddenly we were just climbing over the stile and in the bush was a reed bunting. Now a reed bunting looks just like um, a house sparrow but it has a black balaclava. So his whole head is covered in black. So very striking bird. And I had no idea that we had those here. So I thought that was very exciting. And Tiggy, what have we been hearing at night? Oh, a tawny owl, which is lovely. Mm. Yeah. Quite quite haunting, but it is lovely to hear one. I'm so pleased that we've got one here. Yeah, he's just yeah. literally and in turned the morning. Up. Yeah, he's literally... Well. I haven't heard him in yeah. the morning. Yeah, literally no. just turned... <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. I don't get up until midday, no, well, obviously. I didn't want to say. But... <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. the tawny is the tawny owl the one that goes to wit to woo? Yes. And then his wife goes makes a sort of screeching noise. Well, they the is that a tawny owl? Yeah, it is. But the one of them does the to wit, and one of them does the yeah. woo. And we've got the one that does the hoo-woo. Um, and apparently we looked it up because we didn't know. But the hoo-woo one is the male. And at this time of year, he's defining his territory. And we can hear him all around this, around the fields here, can't we? All around yeah. the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we hope he makes up his mind to stay and we hope he gets um, a female. Mm. Well, it's, it seems then that I'm listening to the wrong owl because... I've got, I definitely have two, and I do remember this from when we lived over your way. Yeah. And the one goes 
Yes, woohoo. And then the other one sort of screams. Sorry, Susie. I'm just loving the hand motion that obviously only we can see. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, anyway, we. I mean, even here in this in this valley, just up from 300 yards up from the beach, we have a... A screech. Pair. Way, a pair of screech, yeah. The screech, though, is more likely to be, I think, a barn owl. The, the barn owls do that screeching sound. Okay. So, I mean, that would be fantastic, obviously, because what we're all hoping we know i know there are barn owls up near where you used to live up here i know that because we've actually we've actually seen them so yeah. um but it would be lovely wouldn't it if you had a barn owl near near where you live down near the coast um now yeah go on jane well well i think we probably have because there are barns further up this lane um and so it's it is very likely that it would be mm. there rather than and yeah, flying around in the field by me. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, could well be. Could yeah. well be. So that is definitely one making one sound, and another one making the other sound. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just. I mean, mostly what we're all saying is none of us are experts. We don't really know enough about it. But it is interesting no. that there are owls around, and it seems well worth noting that um, that they're here. Um, what other? What about you, Susie? Any thoughts about um, local birds? Have you? Uh, yes. Well, I have to say, until we lived here, I um, I just knew the very ba basic birds, and now my repertoire has probably grown to a few more. Nothing like the number that you would identify, but um, well, exciting things like we get the great wood, great spotted woodpecker on our bird feeder outside our kitchen window every day practically mm -hmm. and that's so exciting really um how would and... we recognize him susie how, how would we recognize um, a great yes, susie yeah oh shush give us, give us a detailed <laughs> description uh, <laughs> well he's black and white and he's yeah. got red on him as well he has indeed. yeah and i looked him up in the bird book we have and that was what he was <laughs> Oh, Jane's holding up her bird guide for instant uh, instant bird recognition. Whereas um, the rest of us have come, rest of us have come <laughs> unarmed. And something exciting that we have seen on the other side of the garden is the um, green green woodpecker, which that's right, isn't it? That goes on the grass and hops along on the grass, and that's and I don't know. And I know Anne, you said you haven't seen him, which I've, I, I've just oh, seen him now. once. We've we've lived yeah. here for. I know he's been here nearly all the time we have. We've mm. lived here for ten years, and I only saw him flying away. I haven't seen him hopping around on the grass um, mm. um, this year. But it's the one that looks a bit like a green parrot. He's sort of parrot that's size. That's right. really big. Yeah. And I think Pete was staying with us um, uh, be in the autumn and he came out of the shepherd's hut one day and said, what's that big green bird on the, <laughs> on, on the grass? I think he was really surprised and I was very envious because, again, yeah. I hadn't seen it. Now, and his, the, the way you can recognise him um, when he makes a noise, he makes a noise like, a bit like a hyena. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I don't want to frighten people, but a bit like you would hear a hyena on television, that kind of um, that kind yeah. of noise. So very distinctive. And he will be very vocal in the spring when he's looking for mm. a mate again. And also all bird 
um, if you see a bird flying away and it goes, I was going to say like this, but that's not very helpful. Um, if you see whooping. it, yeah, whooping, swooping, swooping up and down in kind of hoop swooping. shapes. Yeah, well, not just not swooping down, but just flying in a kind of up and down wave form. Um, that's that most likely will be either the great spotted woodpecker or the green woodpecker around here. Yeah. So that's um, a way to identify them. Yeah, Jane, what were you thinking? Sorry, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, tell you how I first learnt about a green spotted woodpecker, a green woodpecker. They're not green spotted, they're green woodpeckers. Was when we lived um, at Troegi near you, um, I kept hearing this noise that you've just made. It wasn't quite like that, but it was similar. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, I could not figure out what it was. I didn't know what it was. And it was a, actually a wonderful sound, a very whistly sound. And uh, I, I, people used to come out and walk with me and with the dogs and things. And I used to say, oh, listen, can you hear what, what's that? What's that? Nobody knew. And I didn't know. And, um, and then one day I was up in Somerset seeing some friends and suddenly there was one on the lawn. Yeah. And it made this wonderful, wonderful noise. And immediately, I, you know, and I knew exactly what it was. The chap I was with said, mm. oh, yeah, that's a green woodpecker. Yeah. And, and of course, yeah, they, they do feed on the ground and they, yeah. feed, they mm -hmm. like to eat bugs. That, and that's where you would, um, so although you do see them in trees and things, you would also most likely see them in the middle of a clearing or, um, or on, your, on, your, on your grass. Um, so, um, Tiggy, but talking of noisy birds... Um, oh, tell yeah. me about some noises that you've got <laughs> closer, closer to home. Well, ever since I've lived here, which is the two and a bit years, I've had company under the eaves. <laughs> we don't want um, to know what you get up to under the eaves. <laughs> from, from house sparrows. I mean, they make such a racket. And in fact, they woke me up in the middle of the night when they should be asleep. We all should be asleep. Well, even in winter, Tiggy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They are making such a racket early, early in the morning. And I can hear them. And I, it's not so much that they're cheeping, but I think they're just scrabbling around. Yeah. And it's at both at the back of the house and at the front. But, you know, I'm very happy they found somewhere warm to nest. So yeah. I, well, I, I think I would endlessly to Charlie and Susie. But, you know, we're not I was gonna just do going to say I would complain to your landlord if I were you. <laughs> Definitely, but the other so places, should I. <laughs> the the other places we see, and we are of course we know now, don't we, from national surveys that we're very lucky to have so many house sparrows here. We have them nesting. Um, our house is a is an old stone, um, corn you know Cornwall stone house, and we decided when we um, when we. Um, um, hang on a second. We're talking. What did you say? The boiler man. Apparently, the log man has turned up, and he wants paying for. He wants paying for the logs. I'm just going to tell Jeff where my card is. It's in my coat pocket behind the door. Okay, so I'm and, really sorry. And the pin. And, and the, the pin, pin number, number is. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what, what was I saying? Oh, well, about how lucky we are to have so many house sparrows, and that we decided when we did our barn conversion. 
<laughs> because to, probably to save money, not to point in between the stones. And so as a result, of course, the house sparrows have found lots of little nesting holes in between. And if our house falls down, it will be because of the house sparrows. But it's lovely to see them, lovely to see them nesting there. So, um, and the other other thing we see, we've got, they've got two particular trees, haven't they, Susie, in the garden that they love. One, again, is, a, is an evergreen tree that they... Um, that they roost in at night when they're not at Tiggy's and or when they can't find a space in Tiggy's, um, in Tiggy's roof. And that tree is so noisy at around um, five o'clock. And then mm. there's a tree as well outside your bedroom window, isn't it, that they love mostly during the day, I think, when they're, when they're hopping outside from there to the feeder. Outside your bedroom window at the front. Yeah. Yeah, right outside our house. They, they love it. It's, I love watching them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the that's the house sparrows. Um, and Tiggy, what were you going to say, Tiggs? I wanted you, Jane, to talk about the wagtail. Oh, the wagtail. Yes. Yes. What is a wagtail then, Jane? Oh, wagtail is a little bird that wags its tail. Okay. Yes. Wags it up, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And we, where we used to live, not far from where you're living now, um, there is a cut through on the lane. And there is a back entrance to the property, basically, yeah. with a stream and a ford. And if you, up until recently, if you parked there, this little wagtail would come screaming out of the, out of the uh, bushes, out of the hedge, and sit on either your wing mirror or your windscreen wiper Aww. and just wag its tail, wag, 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 up and down, up and down, up and down. It was a grey mm -hmm. wagtail. Um, very easily mistaken for a yellow wagtail, but it was definitely it, a grey wagtail. Because it's got it a yellow, yellow, yellow tummy, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's right. And very sadly, and we, we, we have a guy who walks a lot at Trawergi, and he, um, he takes a lot of photographs, and he puts every day, he puts where he's walked up on Facebook, and his name is Mr. Scott, Mike Scott. And he very, very, um, very, very kindly keeps, kept an eye on Waggy, as we mm. named him, didn't we? We did. And, and it was wonderful. It was absolutely guaranteed. However, yeah. he, about last autumn time, he disappeared. And I emailed Mike and I said, oh, where's Waggy gone? Where's Waggy gone? Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. You know, oh, don't worry about it. But he hasn't come back, which is very, no, very upsetting, hasn't. isn't it, Tiggy? Mm -hmm. Very upsetting. Yeah. He was so sweet. Oh, and that, Just magical. That is sad. And mm. um, talking of named birds, the other ones that we are very happy to name, we've got a Bertie and Beatrice in this lane are the buzzards. So um, ah, because yes. they are firm favourites and stay in the same area year after year. And last um, through the breeding season last year, it was lovely to see the baby, one or two babies getting bigger and bigger. And when they first learned to fly, they would try and land in the top of... You know, Christmas trees and, th you know, overgrown Christmas trees, things that, that couldn't quite hold their weight. And it was wonderful to watch them um, mm -hmm. getting uh, getting their feet and getting getting their wings. So, Jane, down at the coast, though, what would you, what, mm. what might we see there? Well, you're asking me to be a spotting expert and I'm not. Mm -hmm. Twitcher. But, but, yeah, well... But what I wanted to say particularly was I, I am fascinated and amazed by the fact that our house was 400 yards from the seashore, literally from the beach. 
and we have a field behind us and a field uh, in front of us and we have four pheasant in one side of the field. Mm -hmm. We have buzzards and magpies and blackbirds and all the rest of it. When I, when I was living there, we did feed the birds and so we had all the usual garden birds. Sadly, no woodpeckers and no nuthatches, which of course you must get and we yeah. used to get when we were at Trawergi. But uh, we don't have those, but we have everything else. It's absolutely wonderful. But we don't get any seagulls there, none at all. They do not come 400 yards up the lane from, to us, yeah. from the beach. But literally down, there's a cut-off, there's a turn-off just outside this door now, and you get the seagulls, and the seagulls attack your, you know, all your um, rubbish when you t leave it out for the mm. dustman and all the rest of it. And so it, it, it's quite extraordinary, the sort of cut-off. Mm -hmm. And the field does go all the way down, so it's not as if the... It's not as if the birds are, you know, um, are, are, are sort of not going down because there's no field mm. uh, foliage for them. It's just quite extraordinary. And, and we do get lots and lots of beautiful seabirds, obviously, on the beach. And as I said earlier, when I move, which will hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, to a flat right on the seafront, then I shall become much more of an expert, of an expert in what I'm seeing. <laughs> well, because, um, what I will say, what I love about your beach is that there's a big absence of herring gulls and they are the ones that eat your chips. And if you see them... Um, mm, there you, are a few. Yeah, but they, um, if you, they're the ones, they are quite big, not the biggest, but quite big, and they always have a yellow mark on their, on their, on their beak. But the other ones are, I think, generally better behaved. The, um, you, you see the very big ones with black wings, and they're called the great black back gulls. And I don't know if you see these at your bit of beach, but you see the black-headed gulls as well. Yes, you, we do. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, I just say, in terms of coastal waters, the other thing I've been really pleased, thrilled to see um, again this winter are the little egrets that you get them in the loo estuary don't you in the in the river they're little they look they're little white herons mm. um, and again it's they've only been here a few years you know we didn't have them in this country until a few years ago so mm. it's very mm. exciting that they're here mm. I haven't seen them down on our beach I must say mm. and what I was just gonna oh Susie yeah no, Susie? I was just gonna say about the egrets uh, that um, I love seeing them when you're either, you know, going on the train uh, along the Lou Valley line or um, or cycling along or even um, when we launched our kayak last year and went up that little yeah. estuary. It's so nice as well along there. Always herons too. So now I'm yeah. learning lots of birds. <laughs> We've been telling that we've been told we've only got um, five minutes to finish finish up. So um, so we are going to stop there. I will just say I will put in the show notes about where you might get um, inexpensive but still reliable binoculars. And obviously we all know, don't we, that feeding the birds um, helps them with their with their breeding program. But now before we go, girls, has there been anything in this last week that has inspired you or cheered you up a little bit, given that lockdown? has been so gloomy. Susie. Are you asking me first? I don't know what's cheered yes. me up, really. Um, I think what's cheered me up is I have started my new online 
art course this week and um, it's been really nice to have that to look forward to and um, we're quite a small group there's about 20 something of us and um, our teacher has just set us our second task so no, that's really nice. Just have something to immerse yourself in for half an hour or an hour each day um, yeah, and get sounds, away from the news and the homeschooling. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. So that's me. Yeah. And Tiggy, what about you? Um, uh, so I watched the uh, series of Bridgerton on Netflix. Oh, yes. Which is it's well worth watching. But if you don't like a sort of steamy bodice ripping romp it's probably not for you <laughs> i don't think that downton abbey has anything to worry about but it is very entertaining and what i loved more than anything were the costumes oh, they yeah. were absolutely oh, lovely well, i um, love the i love the duke of hastings more than anything <laughs> yes. i have to say i wasn't going to mention him susie but now you have that yes. is the way that is the way to sell a tv series isn't it and jane what about you what, something that's cheered me up? Yes. yes. I think a large gin and tonic at about half past five, quarter to six in the afternoon yes. cheers me up every single day. Yes. And Absolutely. I shall be more cheered up when I finally get into this flat on the seashore. Because at the moment we're living in a rented yeah. house, which is fine. But uh, I do want my own place again. Of course you do. Absolutely. I think a, 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 it's not sea, home, a, a seashore flat just sounds wonderful. I mm. mean, just sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and um, and for me, I did say I, we started to watch The Serpent um, uh, on um, on BBC. It's an eight episode um, series and it was a bit initially I thought maybe this is not for me. It wasn't very pleasant to watch. But of course, it's one of those things that it's a true story set in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely terrifying and fascinating and the actress jenna coleman um who played victoria is in it but plays she acts much more effectively throughout this series and by the end i was hooked and you know it was one of those things where i watched it on iplayer and had to stay up to one in the morning have you watched it have you watched it all i've watched it all that's right and i oh, was and it does bring you no, it's a true haven't. story that brings you right up to date at the end but so i thought well worth well worth watching Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode of Views from the Summer House. So do please email us, as you have been. Thank you very much. With anything that you've been trying or anything that you would recommend. Um, all our all the details of anything that we've talked about today and anything else that we think will be useful for the hobby of bird watching will be in our um, show notes. And if you can, do please join us again um, next time for our next episode of Views from the Summer House. So goodbye. Enjoy your week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.